0: The Once and Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceandfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please. The Once and Future Nerd. Book One. Princes of Jordan, Chapter 4 Monsters.
1: Episode 5.
0: Nia dreamt of her childhood, of riding ponies on her father's lands with her sisters. It was a fond memory which made the black silhouette dancing frantically on the horizon all the more worrying in comparison. Nia jumped as a small hand brushed her leg. She looked down at a small girl she had never seen before. The girl seemed unperturbed by the gaping puncture wound in her chest.
1: There are seven things you must know to save me. The fourth thing is, I shall ride to safety on the wings of the storm.
0: Nia's eyes popped open in the armchair in her room at Madame Bailey's. She was moist with cold sweat. Elsewhere in the house, Jen bathed in a brass tub. She found her anger had improved her concentration. If you had looked closely, you would have seen the fine hairs on her arms stand on end, though the skin around them was not raised as it would have been were she cold. Hey, babe? Jen opened her eyes to see Billy standing in the doorway. I'm sorry. I'm kind of messed up right now.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Billy sat near the tub.
1: You want to talk about it?
2: Not really, but not because of you or anything. I, I just don't know what to say.
1: That's okay. You seem pretty pissed before. We don't have to talk about everything. I just... Well, neither of us was ready for this place. We need each other. It's okay for me to have your back sometimes. I know,
2: but it's like a crisis is when a man has to be a man the most.
1: Your dad tell you that? TV. To be honest, I was getting pretty tired of the men on TV.
0: She leaned in gently to kiss Billy.
1: Ow! What?
2: Got shocked. That was weird.
1: Come here.
0: She kissed him passionately as she removed his shirt. In the dungeon of Castle Guernatal, Regan opened the cell that held Brennan.
3: On your feet, Grandpa. Don't make me regret this.
0: She dropped his weapons on the floor in front of him. Get his majesty. Regan opened the adjacent cell. She and his majesty, High King Gunther Guernatal, saw each other for the first time.
2: Is this her, Brennan? Aye. Let me look on you.
3: So this is my grandpa? Grandpa?
2: You should kneel before his majesty.
3: We should get the fuck out of here. Please tell me you know a better way than straight up the stairs.
0: Brennan led them through the same tunnel he used when last he left Castle Guernatal.
3: Why'd you say my name like that? Irana? Yeah. That's what my ma used to say when she was mad at me.
2: That's how it was said in the old times. Your grandmother used to love stories of the old times.
3: You mean before you fucked her and left her to starve?
2: See what I mean? You could do to learn some manners, girl god, I should've just left you behind. I see you went back for your bedroll.
3: I sleep better with it.
2: You never struck me as one concerned with creature comforts.
3: I sleep better with it.
0: Here we are. The light from the torch Brennan carried revealed a lever on the wall, with a faint outline of a doorway.
2: It breaks my heart to retreat from my own house, Brennan. We'll be back before long, and I'll bring you the head of that usurping little shite.
0: Brennan pulled the lever and the wall slid open. A Redmore soldier was waiting in the pouring rain with a crossbow. Brennan and Regan reflexively dodged his bolt as Regan sent a razor star whistling through the soldier's throat. They looked back and saw the bolt buried in Gunther's chest. He coughed blood and fell to his knees as Brennan ran to catch him. don't worry,
2: we'll get you to a doctor. I'm sure we can find one in Armstrongard. You just need to stay awake for a little while.
0: But the king's eyes were empty.
3: Brennan? Be quiet and help me move him. Brennan, you know damn well. Shut him. up! He's dead, and we will be too if we don't leave right now.
0: Three Redmoor pikemen came to block the apparently not-so-secret exit.
3: Oh In the name of the Lord Regent!
0: Brennan looked them in the eyes for half a moment and then unleashed a terrible and inhuman sound. The faces of the soldiers turned to pale terror. They dropped their pikes and turned to flee, but Brennan was on them. He swung his axe once and cut the three men clean in half. Through the rain, Brennan could make out two men trying clumsily to run away through the mud. This time, he recognized the two Guernatal officers who had aided in his capture immediately. He hit each in the leg with a throwing ax and trotted up to the now lame men.
2: General, mercy, please.
0: He ripped off both their helms quickly and deliberately. The Look Brennan grabbed Brennan, each man around the mouth and lifted two. them off the ground, one in each hand. They he brought their heads together with terrible force.
2: No.
0: Please. Again, and again, and again. When he held only two fistfuls of bloody pulp, only then did he let the bodies fall into the mud. The excitement of battle and exhaustion in his arms meant that he noticed the arrow strike his arm as a detached observer. He saw the archer on the ramparts frantically trying to reload and planted a throwing axe squarely in his chest. Before more could replace him, Brennan made haste back to the secret exit. He arrived in time to see Regan deliver a killing stroke to the last of four redmore soldiers. There'll be more coming. Regan produced a large clay pot.
3: Not through this door.
0: Brennan saw that the creek into which the sewage pipe entered was running white and furious in the downpour. He hoisted Gunther's body over his shoulders
2: into the creek
0: and dove in. Regan lobbed the pot down the corridor and dove in as well as her pot exploded and collapsed the tunnel. Redmore cavalry tried to give chase, but the mud was disastrous for their horses. Arrows fell ineffectually into the water and archers watched with despair as three shapes disappeared in the torrent. The sun was just rising on Madame Bailey's when there was a knock on Nia's door.
1: Who is it? The
0: young girl Nia was hiding darted under the bed. It's Jen. Nia cautiously cracked the door to check and then let Jen in.
1: I saw him outside getting ready to leave. McShane? Yeah. Good. When he does, we can depart this wicked place. No, that that won't fix anything. It's going to keep happening. We'll have saved one child, at least for a while. Please, Jen, let it go. This is the kind of wickedness so vile and rotten that it pollutes even those who combat it.
0: Jen looked over to the prostitute and his young sister, desperate for something to say.
1: I'm sorry.
0: What are you sorry for?
1: I don't know. Everything.
0: (laughs) I do like some things about my life.
1: I know what I- I just wouldn't have liked it if someone looked at me the way that I was looking at you.
0: You're not me.
1: No. I could have walked away. You should go and gather your things. Tell the boys as well.
0: Regan awoke on the banks of a small lake to the sound of Brennan groaning and popped up with her sword ready.
3: What's happening? I'm
2: fucking old is what's happening.
0: Brennan ripped the arrow out of his arm and held his hand over the bleeding wound.
3: You just fought harder than most young men I've seen. Aye, and I did it
2: with the body of one fucking old one.
0: That's when he saw the lifeless body of the former High King, his late Majesty Gunther Guernatal. As he painfully remembered all that had brought him to the banks of this lake. His face betrayed a furious kind of despair that very few people could understand.
3: I'm sorry about the king, Brennan. There was nothing... Brennan leapt to
0: his feet and unslung his axe. Regan instinctively went for her sword, but Brennan dropped his axe at her feet. The king is dead. He knelt.
2: Long live the queen.
3: sorry What?
2: I await your grace's orders.
3: Okay. First, stand up, because that's fucking weird. He did. All right. Now sit down and let's deal with the hole in your arm.
0: Regan unraveled her bedroll to reveal a small armory of very nasty-looking things. And, of course, her longsword, half-sword, and dagger.
3: Told you I sleep better with it.
0: From among the weapons, the likes of many of which Brennan had never seen, despite his decades on the fields of battle... She produced some bandages.
3: Uh, So, uh, by royal decree, I... What the fuck do we do now?
2: First we find the children. Then we may need to appeal to the elves directly. Tell them the high throne has been usurped. If only we could have gotten Gunther's talisman of dominion. What's that? Talismans of dominion are elven artifacts, very beautiful, given to each of the great houses to signify that the elvish high council will recognize their rule.
3: And there was one of those back at the castle?
2: Aye. Kept in a heavily guarded vault, far below ground.
3: Was it, by any chance, like a platinum egg with all kinds of jewels and shit on it? Aye. How did you...
2: You stole it, didn't you?
0: Regan unwrapped the cloth bundle she had carried since the castle to reveal the exact artifact Brennan had just described.
3: I'm not going to escape from a castle and not stop by the vault.
2: (laughs) You know something, Your Grace. If I ever had a daughter, I'd pray to every god there is she'd turn out nothing like you. (laughs) All the same, I think we can get along. I think I know what you mean. The night we met at the tavern. That was clever, with the brandy.
3: Please, a cheap, desperate trick. Beating two men to death with each other? That was inspired.
2: (laughs) Oh,
0: Now Brennan grew very somber.
2: Does it trouble you? How easy it is to kill?
3: At least I'm alive to be troubled.
2: Before we spoke of monsters. Men so twisted that the world is better off without them. I'm one of them.
3: If you're a monster, I don't want to know what I am. But I'm starting to think the world needs us.
2: What good can a man possibly do? when all he knows is how to destroy.
3: He can destroy bad men. The men who make it so that I had to be this way would die.
2: In the songs, it's always virtuous men who vanquish evil. Truth of it is, though, you cannot fight evil and live without
0: becoming a bit evil yourself.
3: That's why you and I are so well-suited for it.
0: In her own room at Madame Bailey's, Jen looked at her ashen visage in the looking-glass. She splashed water into her mouth in a futile attempt to wash out the sick taste. She tried to steady her breathing, but found that she could not stop shaking. She searched her mind for a peaceful memory. Cheerleading. The applause of a crowd directed at her. Her teammates congratulating her in the locker room. The locker room. Her hand mindlessly found the dirk she had left on her dresser and she felt a strange sense of calm. As she walked across the foyer and through the batwing doors into the accusing light of the early morning, she felt as though her steadily pumping legs belonged to someone else she did not know. Sergeant McShane took a step down from his coach to look her up and down. Eh, sorry, dearie. Maybe a few years ago. Jen plunged the dirk into McShane's belly. Ah! His shock was almost as profound as hers. Coming to her senses after a short eternity, Jen yanked the sword up into McShane's ribs and then out. He fell forwards into a pile of his own innards. Jen looked down at his corpse. Shaking and weeping, she closed her eyes. For additional information and bonus content access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine New episodes are released every other Sunday The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira and directed and edited by Christian Madeira It is performed by Rhiannon Angel, Garrett Armin, Dan Dobransky, Lily Drexler, Hayes Dunlop, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Paul Notis, Frank Querez, and Julie Reed. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. The Once in Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with second unit production sound by Gary O'Keefe. Foley, sound design, and post-production mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez.
2: Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Alex Storey is an associate producer.
0: Thanks for downloading...